Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift, your weekly celebration of all things motorsport. You're joined by me, Ryan. You're kind of car noob, new guy getting into the scene, learning just like you about all things cool about motorsports. I'm joined by two wonderful experts who have been doing this thing before Mega Man X even hit the scene. I'm joined by Lenny Bro. and John. Best up? I live next game. to a racetrack. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, but like, let's talk about Mega Man X for a second. John, I got dude. you on it. I knew I would get one. Oh of you my god! <laughs> yes. Look, if you don't know how to get the Hadouken just from memory right now, don't even talk to me, dog. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I knew you'd like that reference in the introduction there. So that's John, dude, folks. Me- Mega Man can get the Hadouken from Street Fighter in Mega Man X. Yes, he, he literally can. goes Hadouken and shoots a fireball, and it kills everything in one hit. Yeah. And uh, that's, <sighs> you know, I'm glad you like that. I, that that's, <laughs> I, I know how to get the, the golden Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that, is a, that is a honorable mention. Yes, it is. That's an honorable mention because gold Sonic was baller. I'm just saying Mega Man X era is about when you guys hardcore got into cars and I was like car adjacent aware of cars, I guess. I figured that would be a good time yeah. reference for dating ourselves but um yeah you guys can let us know about your video game references uh in in our media social stuff uh which we're gonna plug real quick and we'll get into the actual episode because that's how we do things in 2022 uh so you can hit us up on zero left podcast at our twitter or instagram be sure to subscribe we drop episodes pretty much every wednesday morning uh so you can listen to on your commute either to work from work wherever you're stuck uh you know in a car, listen to a podcast about cars. Uh, so yeah, our Discord's a great way to talk about both Mega Man X and other things uh, about cars. Like uh, four rotors, four rotor R FD RX seven. Man, I jumbled that up. Uh, I I just recently uncovered um, some old Wangan Daikoku Japan car related stuff, uh, videos, pictures, or whatever. And I made a special channel on the Discord just for that it's called the house that wangan built it's kind of corny i know but i'm just rolling with it for now uh but i've been posting some wicked wicked videos and pictures in there exclusively uh so if you're listening you like the wangan you love japan car culture like all of us do uh come hop in and you'll see all the stuff like this wicked wicked I just, I had, this is the greatest mention. This is the perfect car ever, I think. Uh, and I'm not even like an FD guy. So, John, I'm sure you're shaking your boots in, in awe right now that I just said that. Uh, but back <laughs> in, I think it was like 2017, maybe earlier, 2015. Uh, anyway, that's kind of really irrelevant. Back in the time where John and I were living in Japan, we were at Daikoku this one night, random probably like Friday or Saturday, I can't even remember, was that just unmemorable, up until the point that this white, low FD RX-7 came into Daikoku Futo, sounding like the the goddamn Mazda Speed uh, 767B. 787B. Thank you. I got a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> He's got a t-shirt, folks. He was there. Sounded absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, and it bounced the sound bounced off the circular thing that is the entry and exit of daikoku futo everybody stopped everything stopped everything became silent everybody looked at the car everyone right. like rolled over to it at the exact there were lambos there nobody cares 
Would you would you like this to the introduction of an incubus song? Uh no. No. Like this is uh on the pathway to Valhalla. Like we're we're talking <laughs> angels are singing. There's deep like tones in the background, and then all you have is this high pitched FDRX7 four rotor built by Scoot. Okay. Driven by a 17 year old kid I'm that's get, trying to become a professional I'm, I'm getting, driver. I'm getting purple and he's rain testing vibes. It. I'm getting purple rain vibes in the sense that like you've got the intro chilling out for a second, and then you've got the cut through with British. Man, coming. what do you know about Prince? You don't even keep him on your playlist. <laughs> yeah, you don't even like Prince. You you know good, dude. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know how to play the intro to Purple Rain or anything like that. No big deal. So, <clears throat> you know, hot I got, cut, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan admitted to us he doesn't like Prince. And we decided that means he's. No I don't. Good at sex. I don't think he's Let us on know the, your opinions. I don't Let think us he's know on your the flavor level. Out of like that, but look, look, look. Here's the deal. First of all, I have been to the bar in which Prince cut his chops in Minneapolis. Number one. Number two. I never said that I don't dislike Prince. He just doesn't jam with me, comparative to like what I enjoy. But I do respect the guy for what he does and what he did, um, musically and tonically, to escape the thing. But look, we're not a. Um, music podcast we're an auto podcast and uh i know we're on break from f1 but i just want to say i've been posting some things to strava which is where i record all my uh mountain biking and commuting and all that stuff and i follow Valtteri Baltas because he is a huge uh bike guy and i was like <clears throat> watching some of my normal like you know i work for a bike shop i'm a bike mechanic i watch all of the bike stuff and uh there was a gal from G- gcbn which is one of the it's the British kind of like roadie sort of stuff. Uh, GCN, sorry, the GB, the other one's mountain biking. But anyways, they were doing some athletic training and she was getting her to do the steamboat thing in Colorado. And I've been watching Strava and Valtteri Bottas is like, oh, it's the off season for F1. I might as well just go do like a legitimate gravel race in the Alpine, you know, Colorado Steamboat Springs area, which is cool. But it's really fun too because on race weekends, You'll see him go do laps around the tracks. And on Strava, you get like segment like King of the Mountains. And he's got like most of them at all the racetracks because nobody else is out riding the tracks. Uh, <laughs> it's just him. And I think that's kind of cool uh, to watch him so be so active. I know there was a picture of um, George Russell as well next to a Cannondale. He was riding a, a Cannondale, which is pretty cool. And another controversial picture of him kind of Photoshopped to be not appropriate for children if, if that would be the way you put it but yeah it's george I mean, russell in bikini let's but, just put it out there it's yeah. not like we're a family show here no no i changed our i changed i recently changed it to explit uh you know with an e we're we're uh m&m level or uh what's uh what's the guy d snyder's the guy that uh in the 80s where it was like oh yeah music's ruining your kids don't let your kids listen to our podcast we're informative but not enough that your kids should probably be listening to us. Sometimes no. we say the word fuck. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> we apologize. Yeah. Uh, Maybe wait once a second. we'll get bigger, we'll, we'll curb that. Probably. Wait not. a second. Now, I appreciate... Yeah. No, I, I appreciate, like... I like feeling like I'm living hard, right? Like... Like these guys are F one drivers and on their off season they're doing some gnarly mountain biking. Like that's yeah. living hard and I respect that. However, you just steamrolled a 
a four rotor FD, bro. I, I, I need you to. I, I don't know what that is. Look, I need you back up for a second. I locked it in the intro. I said, I don't even, I don't know cars. I'm a rookie. You guys started doing this. This car, the, this car pulled in to Daikoku. Was it Daikoku or Tatsumi? I don't know. It was Daikoku and then later Tatsumi. But the, the videos that I have that I posted to our, I forget if it was my personal uh, at Mr. Zero Lift or the Zero Lift podcast uh, Instagram, but I think I, I tagged both. So they're posted okay. on both of both of this car at Daikoku. And I think that was that specific night. It was him revving it. There was a gang of people surrounding them in a U shape. Um, it was nuts. I just, Look, I just I, don't understand the references you guys are making. It just sounds to me like if, it's a sick rotary car. Okay, making no, hold on. cool sounds. Hold on. So an RX seven is, I mean, they Mazda had some other brands that were. We have a whole old. episode on it. I understand mm-hmm. that. Listen, Mazda had some other brands that were old, like the RX three and the RX four and stuff, and the Cosmo. As far as most people in America and contemporary cardom are concerned, the only production vehicles to ever get a rotary engine were the RX-7 and the RX-8. Yes. I, I, like I said, that's not a true statement because there's other models, but like really yes. as far as stuff that you would actually buy, RX-7 did, and RX-8. We did an episode on this like six months ago. For those of you who haven't listened to it, you can go listen to it. Um, and those had still. two rotor engines. Right? Okay. That's a 13B. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, in a place called Japan, there was a luxury coupe called a Cosmo that got a three-rotor engine called a 20B. Okay. And a three-versus-two a three versus two rotor is like an inline-four versus a V6. And then, once upon a time, not long ago, Mazda in Le Mans, at the highest level of racing, won Le Mans with a 787B that had a four-rotor, which is like a V8, essentially. So it's double the displacement of what came in an RX-7. So you have a rotary sounding engine, which is sexy, on the V8 level, which is sexy. Well, just in terms, of, we're talking about displacement, right? So, so uh, uh, 13B is 1.3 liters, and for most race rules, they double it because it kind of behaves like a two-stroke. So it's effectively a 2.6 liter piston engine, right? I'm just focusing on the audio, which is kind of the no, storyboard I was following here. Hold on, hear me out. You'll understand why the okay. audio is what it is. Why it is what it is. You know the difference between the sound of an inline four and a V eight, right? Yes. Yeah. And the difference is double the cylinders. Well, this kid showed up to Daikoku with an RX seven with a custom built because no production car ever came with this. You can't buy one. It doesn't exist. You have to put it together yourself. Mm-hmm. A custom built four rotor RX seven. So double the displacement of a normal RX seven. Damn. So, so, and the, the, and it, I believe it was a full peripheral port. Um, yeah. Which is think so. the equivalent of a really gnarly camshaft. It wouldn't idle. Like at idle, the car went, hang, hang, hang. Like that's what the idle sounded like. There okay. was no like purr. So you have John overly describing this engine for you guys that can follow. I, here's what I'm saying. You can jump in our discord. We've got a whole uh, house of long gone to listen to it or, you know, you can find it on our Instagram at Zero Lift Podcast because just hear the audio, right, Lenny? Am I right on that? The audio is out there for these folks. To well, no, it's not only it's not only the audio of the engine. So, like, this was some years ago, and this it was literally a kid at the time. He was like six, seventeen, eighteen, or something like that. Okay, yeah. just just getting his license in Japan, but he's already building this car. Cool, and it's this wicked car built by legendary, uh, you know, rotary building engine building shop Scoot. 
which was yep. not too far from where John and I resided in Japan. Uh, it was right there in Kanagawa, uh, next to the like right by the LTO on um, what was that main street there, John? I forget the oh. 150, whatever. Anyway, yeah. that's besides the point. 152. Uh, 152? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Same, the same street that uh, Veruza was on. Um, and so, like, this was some years ago, and I just came across uh, his Instagram account yesterday. Wow. And he's still got this uh, white FDR 7 and still got the four-rotor. It's developed into a time attack car that now does 56 seconds around scuba, which, wow. Ryan, you may not know. It's pretty, I do pretty know. Fast. Don't even at me like that, bro. Oh, I don't know. I don't no, know. No, I no, 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 sure no, 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 no. I've done. Okay, excuse me. Excuse me. A year ago, I'm me. Sorry. A year ago, me would have been like, "What the hell is a scuba?" And yada yada. No, I know what the fucking minute under time at scuba is. Yeah, that Scooby Doo's cousin. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Screw you. Uh, let's see. We have a hard right hand uh, turn. Then you have a break. Yeah, we don't have to go exactly. Through it, like, yeah, exactly. All, all, all I'm saying. Fuck you. All I'm saying is that like the it's it's crazy. That is nuts. He's it's, a it's sub crazy. sub a minute though. I agree with you. That's it's nuts. He's sub a minute, for sure. Yeah, and and he's developed this car, and you know now he's twenty something, but he's producing his own uh, sort of arrow and body kits and stuff. So it's really interesting to and awesome to see you know somebody evolve as a person and also a car evolve from a street wangan into a time attack thing and it's it sounds ridiculous and for him to do 56 seconds it's not only in the car but it's also the That's driver gnarly. yeah like, absolutely so for the record a porsche 911 gt3 does a one minute flat around scuba so for a kid to build an inferior car because a stock fdrx7 doesn't do anywhere near that um, to build an inferior car to go four seconds faster than a modern GT3 911 is no mean feat. That is all. pretty cool. Well, that's awesome. So you're talking about time no. attacks. That uh, that gets me itching for something. Oh yeah, what are you itching for? Because... Max the max time attack, I would say. Well, Zero I mean, we're talking we're talking about we're talking about time attacks uh, around a, a very well known and uh, actually. Scuba kind of turned into the main starter time attack uh, track. I think we have an episode on that too. I like plugging all our episodes that we've done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all this great content. It is. It's good content, and I've learned a lot through through the year that I know that sub a minute's a lot. Lenny's over here trying to at me uh, if that's still a relevant thing <laughs> people say. But I, honestly, John, I think this this I feel like an itching for like something that's very much your two wheel style. Yeah. I'm a two wheel guy. Yeah. You say mountain biking is nothing like motorcycling. I don't know what I'm talking about. I I think it's been a long time since we've got your ass on a soapbox. And sir, I defer to you, the Isle of Man TT soapbox. Let's go, folks. John's about to hit Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I know some of you have commented that I've been a little quiet the last couple weeks, but I'm about to fix that. Yes. And after a year of doing this podcast, they're finally letting me do an episode on motorcycles. So here we go. They were talking about the Isle of Man Tourist Trophy or the Isle of Man TT, uh, which is one of the oldest races in the world. In my opinion, and I'm not alone in thinking this, it is probably the most spectacular racing, motorsports racing event in the world. Single event. Um, 
and it is without a doubt the most dangerous motorsports racing event in the world. Um, so the Isle of Man TT, it is a time attack, time attack format race. So you're not necessarily racing against other bikes. It's a motorcycle race, mind you. Um, you're not racing against other bikes on the track. You're racing against the clock. And it takes place on the Isle of Man, which is a independent but heavily dependent upon the UK island right in between the UK and Ireland. Just in, It's like smack dab in the middle in the sea there. It's not Northern Ireland, but it is part of the UK, basically. It's not. It's actually independent. It has zone is parliament. it really? Yes, but it's heavily reliant upon the UK. Makes sense. Yeah. So the TT, because it's so old and it's become such an ingrained tradition, it takes place on public roads over the course of, because we're speaking old-timey English here, a fortnight, or as you might call it, two weeks. Uh, the first week is for qualification and practice, basically determines like what your running order is going to be and like learn the track. And the following week is the various race events. Here's why this track or this race is insane. It's 100% on public roads on this small island with no infrastructure. One lap is 37 miles long. So Jesus. One of the most, you know, notorious racetracks in the world, the Nuremberg Ring, the Nordschleife in Germany, also known as the Green Hell, yeah, is 12 miles long. You could fit three of them in one lap around the Isle of Man. That has over nuts. 200 turns, over 200 turns, 1,400 feet of elevation gain, and over 60 named corners, most of them named because of a death. Wow. <laughs> or or the house actually two of the corners are houses which is hilarious well, I, to me th- th- there's various reasons for the names but a lot of them are because like old dude died here so this is this is rodney's corner uh, <laughs> it's uh it's a huge event it garners a ton of uh a ton of you know publicity and like migration to this little island there's an entire basically the entire economy of this island revolves around the TT happening once a year. There's 25 million British pounds on average pumped into the Isle of Man's economy during this once a year event. In a fortnight? Oh my God. In a fortnight. In a single fortnight. In a single fortnight. Not the dumb game that kids play. The old school, old timey night shit. Here's the other thing that makes it so unique. And I think that like, maybe causes it to have the status that it has that no other race can replicate is that it is a completely amateur event. It's not part of a bigger race series. There isn't, uh, I think for first play, if you won every race, your total take home purse would be in the neighborhood of $25,000. Um, what? To risk yeah. your life at that level? Yeah. It's for the you glory. You have to be some some bonkers sh- shit. It's for the like zero glory. lift to the core. Oh my god, that's the epitome of zero lift. That like eighty percent of the guys that race the Isle of Man have a day job. Like like they. Wow. You know, um, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but like a, a British celebrity that everybody likes uh, by the name of Guy Martin. Oh, He's I love Guy Martin, dude. Guy Martin's the shit. Yeah. So Guy Martin got famous competing in the Isle yes, of Man. He did. That's how I knew about it. Um, but he's a truck mechanic. He's like a yeah. normal dude. Guy um, Martin's he's pretty, amazing. 
He's pretty typical of the average Isle of Man race. Is he really? Wait, um, so everybody else doing Isle of Man's like Guy <clears throat> Martin? I mean, I don't know about personality or, you know, but like, <laughs> I'm talking like, like, you know, they work on a dock or they're a mechanic or they work in an office and they take their vacation time yeah. every year to race the Isle of Man. Um, now, Guy, t- Guy Martin's blown up as like just a personality and like, right. that's where it starts. We're going to talk about Guy Martin. Okay. He's, okay. He's, good. Cause that's, that's something that I know personally. Cause that, I, 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 I've watched a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Can I just say that you guys talking about just regular average Joes uh, taking vacation time off from their salary job to go run the Isle of Man TT, which is one of the most tra- treacherous time attack courses in the world, if not the most, uh, mm-hmm. is probably the most zero lift thing I could ever so, hear. Lenny, and I it just makes think... me, it just makes me uh, want to say Do to it. all the listeners out there. There is zero lift in you. You could be the Mr. or Mrs. Zero Lift of your town, of your country. <laughs> okay. All I'm hearing is Lenny's so going to go. Get out do, there. Lenny's going to go do. Get out there and be it. Lenny, when are you going to do Isle Man TT? Like 2030? You know what? I might I might do it. If you, Who if knows? you started if I, if... now, you could probably run it by 2030. And I'll tell you why here in a little bit. Okay. Keep okay. Going, Johnny Boy. Back to the soapbox. For uh, you. No, hey, another thing that's really unique about the Isle of Man is it's a completely open paddock. Um, you can, so like, you know, you go to Formula One race, like you can't go up and shake Lewis Hamilton's hand. Um, if you go up to the Isle of Man, you can walk right up to Guy Martin or, you know, the Dunlop brothers pit and you can ask him if you can help him change tire. Like you can just go right up to these guys. It's like I said, it's a completely amateur event. Uh, most why is it so gnarly? Most experts on the track say it takes, on average, about three years to fully memorize the course because it's so long and so gnarly. And the speeds we're talking about because it's so it has over 200 turns. The Nordschleif that we talked about has like 150. So what that tells you is, while it has a ridiculous number of turns, it's actually pretty wide open in terms of the speeds you're going. Um, Fastest lap right now is a 16.42 to go 37 miles. That averages 135 miles per hour. Now, that's not the top speed. That is the speed that they are averaging across the entirety of the course. And there are some 20-mile-per-hour bus stop corners. So the average like the average speeds that these guys are carrying throughout this course is nuts. Uh, the top speed ever recorded is 206 miles per hour on the main straight. And it's a public course. It's a, it's a, if you've, if you've ever been to like the Caribbean or anywhere in the Mediterranean, like an Island town like that with the street that just kind of like rolls over the hills and stuff, that's what these guys are on. And it's, there's wood, like little, they're not wood. I'm sorry. Stone, like two foot walls that align most of the course there's curbs, there's poles, there's potholes, and they're averaging 135 miles per hour across all this. I I watched the video. Ryan was kind enough to post a video from I think 2018 of an STI. Was that is that correct? Or, 2016 uh, anyway. or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was uh, a few years ago, but it was a Subaru STI in cockpit view. Obviously, this. 
Subaru was modified to all hell. I think I uh, had a six speed. It was topped out at like a hundred and seventy six yeah. miles an hour. It's it re, it remind watching the whole video, which is I think it did it in eighteen minutes or nineteen minutes or something like that. The lap, uh, it reminded me of a combination of every toge and like backcountry road ever made. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was like something that looked amazing to drive, but absolutely dreadful and scary and uh, adrenaline pumping. It was it's wicked. It's a lot of double apex, a lot of high speed turns. I mean, I think the Most average the for that STI was one hundred and twenty six miles an hour. Mm hmm through the yeah. course which is which is wicked fast uh when compared to a bike still i mean 126 in an sti versus 156 i think is what you said uh in a, on a bike is the 135 is the that's the fastest slap that's ever been recorded it was a 135 oh. average yikes that's but it's wicked. yeah i mean but it like, reminds me what's that i mean it just reminds me of like I was watching that STI video and I was like, man, I need to go play Rally 2.0 again. And like, it is like the most technical and hardest, like, oh, I messed up and I just completely ruined my race type of racing. Mm -hmm. Where <laughs> You have to just literally, as it's zero lift. It's a high speed turn. You have to trust the turn and know the turn to do it properly. Or you're just yeah, not. Yeah, a lot of these corners in. are, a lot of these corners are blind too. Like you can't yeah. see through them. Yeah, they're flat. Uh, out. So you, yeah, and um, I'll I'll post I'll repost that video, the STI video. I think it's a good example uh, to our Discord for everybody to watch after we uh, record this because it's yeah, such good a good video. It really is. And there's if you hit YouTube, there's a wealth of onboard like first person perspective videos of of bikes going around the course, and it's um, it gives you goosebumps just watching it. It's and, and I would say too, it's so gnarly because there are legitimate like you are going to hit a jump at this spot every single time you go around the track, and then with motorcycles being two wheels, you get a shake to them basically, of like that is on as a mountain biker. I understand it, although again, mountain biking is completely different than motorcycles. But the shake you get being on two wheels of how your braking is working going from high speed to low speed totally terrifying at those speeds that they're doing is insane and they're like cutting corners and like there are the turns narrow the road and then like there's houses in stone like john said lined yeah. lining the course there's two mountains on the course like the elevation change is one thing i think the downhill on the latter part if, mm. if i'm just gonna i'm sorry to take the mic from you john really sorry oh, you're good man you're good but, and like the the I would say like the three quarter mark uh, of this course, yeah. Uh, you're you're cresting the second big mountain on the island, and that downhill, and at the speeds that you are traveling, just because it's the Isle of Man and you're zero lift in it, is ridiculous. And like the ST, in the STI video, you see it, you see the car dancing. It's it, dancing across the entire road, which is narrow to begin with, and like the dude's just all about it he's like jerking it he's with it he liked it but the the pedal to the metal man the overdub he actually said he likes that part because you actually have to get busy but it does remind me of like monte carlo a little bit and a lot of wrc uh type of stuff like portugal or things like that when you're coming down a mountain 
Um, and that's the thing for me. It was like, okay, this is very WRC, but like what kicks it up to that next level is just how long and blind a single lap is. A single lap is 37 miles. Like Lamont is like 8.2 folks. <laughs> like, yeah, it's such a long circuit. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing on the planet that compares to it. No, in, it's in terms so of just scale. Long. It's so long. It's well, nuts. and I think I think it I think it started as more of a um, I think it started as more of a road rally kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. when it started, it's just like, hey, is the bike gonna survive mm-hmm. these laps? Very and I'll just go reasonably. Yeah, and I'll just go reasonably fast, but like technology has evolved to the point where like, yeah, the bike can survive just fine. Like, how fast can you go? I mean, but that's very recent. <laughs> I mean, that's very recent. You even look at the nineties, we had failures and like can this bike survive and overheating type of stuff going on. So it's still yeah. very reminiscent. And again, this has been around since what, nineteen forever so you know we're about four. to get into that we're about to get into that we're about to get into that so um, it's very much has the sort of mindset of like a 24 hours a little more 24 hours of spa it's both the technicality and skill of the racer being zero lift but also can this instrument of destruction bike car handle what we're about to put it through yeah and well and the other thing that makes it really special is uh you and go and ride the course and oh, in fact there you go Lenny. in fact i mean it's a public road you can go and ride it anytime you want but specifically uh the start of the fortnight they call it mad sunday they close the course down and spectators are encouraged to do a track day essentially around the, the track oh that's dope i didn't know that was a thing yep yep it's freaking sick like no holds bar, just like run it yeah, as you yeah, as you would. I don't know if there's like a pacing bike or something like that, or but I know that that Mad Sunday the tradition is the spectators all mount up and they all ride it. So is it only that's... bikes? Because I know I know now that they have cars. I'm. I mean, you can go there anytime. I'm pretty sure if there for the TT, it's all bikes. Yeah. I would I would recommend oh, you learn how to ride good. a motorcycle. <laughs> no, I'm 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 good. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So I can be faster than Lenny on a motorcycle. Okay, I got this. I got this. You could could be faster than me because I'm not going to participate. And so, like, that's a a non-entry for me. It doesn't matter. That's still a win. W is a W. W is a W. On a pedal bicycle, I'll I'll beat you any day. You know, up, down, sideways, any any fashion. Don't. But on a motorbike. You could have it. It's all you. Oof. Continue. So we're gonna have we're gonna have the Lenny versus Ryan Iron Man. It's gonna yeah. be a cart race. It's gonna be a mountain, <laughs> mountain bike race, and, and I guess motorcycle. maybe a motorcycle race. Yeah. Well, he's, he's no, 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 no. I can't participate. It's got to be in a car. It's got to be something we could all participate in. So, like a cart, a mountain bike, and and a four wheeled vehicle. Nah, I want a motorcycle. Don't push out. No. No. <laughs> Don't make it weird. Yeah. All right, look, we're gonna push. All right. Um, push. I will say that if uh, if car if driving a car is a religion, motorcycle motorcycling is a cult. Uh, so kids don't get into motorcycling unless you want to devote. I'm an avid motorcyclist. I own three motorcycles. Don't get into motorcycling unless you're going to devote all of your time and energy into it because it's dangerous as fuck. Um, so uh, the race itself, they've only paused it since its inception for a few years for World War One. 
World War II in the year 2000 for the foot and mouth epidemic, which was this crazy livestock disease that ravaged the UK for a year. And they killed a whole bunch of farm animals to try and cull it. And uh, COVID for the last two years. So this year in 2022 was the first startup since the COVID cancellations. It began, you can trace its roots back to 1904, a little event called the Gordon Bennett Trial. Now that was a car only event because at the time, the average motorcycle had something like two horsepower and couldn't physically get up the elevation of the main mountain on the track. They started the race there because the organizers were looking for, they wanted to make a, a road course race. And at the U, in the UK at the time, they had some pretty restrictive laws on uh, speed limits and stuff, and they weren't really too keen on closing down main streets to allow cars to go racing. So they went to the Isle of Man, they approached him and asked him if they could, uh, if they could do a race on the island, and they were, they were open to it. In 1903, there was a nationwide 20 mile per hour speed limit through all of the UK and its territories. Um, so the Parliament on the Isle of Man actually passed an exception for the race, the trial in 1904. The next year, in 1905, they made a short course that didn't have the big mountain climb in it and had a bike exhibition on the short course. Um, people liked it, it was pretty popular. And so by 1907, they had the first official tourist trophy for motorcycles on the Isle of Man. So the inaugural actual Isle of Man TT was 1907. They've done some subtle modifications. The main course, roughly as we know it, was adopted in 1911. Uh, I believe that was also the first year of a fatality. So the, the first year using this new course was also the first year there was a fatality in the Isle of Man TT. And we're going to keep it. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah yeah sounds good seems like what we want um, people die yep we want to keep it so uh i'm you know and i'm just going to kind of go through history to some high points um and we'll talk about some of the personalities and then the format of where the race is at now so funny story helmets were not actually mandatory until 1914 and you guessed it a dude died and uh after that, they made it. Uh, they made it a rule that you had to wear a helmet doing the race. I just think it's crazy that for uh, six years you could run this TT with nothing on. Um, and then just after nineteen, probably, yeah. Then in, uh, in you know after the nineteen fourteen race, they shut down a little bit. There's a little thing called World War One going on. No big deal. NBD, um, the Great War. Yep, and they Where fired it back up. Fired it back up in 1920. Um, another, I mean, it's tragic, but like in retrospect, almost comedic anecdote in 1928, a guy by the name of Archie Birkin was killed during practice, swerving to avoid a fish van. Damn right. fish fans, dude. I mean, you run into those every day on the road. You know, you got to look out for them. Yeah. A van full of fish. I, I would also Damn. like to sidebar here and just point out that like... <clears throat> At get is the way to go if you're going to do motorcycle and as a as a mountain biker like just wear a helmet all gear all the time all gear all the time straight up like wear the appropriate gear for what you're doing be it biking <laughs> like if you're going to zero lift at least wear gear that's going to protect your ass 
<laughs> like I've I've I been just... down on a motorcycle probably five times in my life. At least two of those were over 100 miles per hour, yeah. and I have never sustained an injury because I always wear my gear. And I have um, I have not done 100 mile per hour crashes, John, but I've done 20 mile per hour downhill. My entire leg is bruised for like a month, type of shit, uh, on a bike, and just wear a wear a fucking helmet. <laughs> I just. It, it's still it's still nuts to me that there are states that legally allow you not to wear a helmet. That is mind blowing. But I don't. Well, so our our buddy Archie was killed from this fish van because, believe it or not, up until 1928, they didn't actually close the course. So, <laughs> so, so they were running it really? with with traffic on it. So that's why there was a fish van that this guy had to dodge because there was just people on the track. Uh, so after 1928, it became mandatory that the, the course was closed during all no. races, qualifying, and practice. Uh, Not peace, something Archie that Rick. I would have guessed. That is nuts. That what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Why would you not? Be, yeah. Okay. So, anyway, so moving on. Despite this, I mean, hey, it, you know, pe people, they lived hard back then. They didn't man. cancel um, the race. It kept going. They did not. They did not. Um, we're going to talk about deaths and mortality here at, towards the end, but I'm just kind of going chronology. Um, in 1930s, when they started doing like radio broadcasts of the race, and it, it, it was gaining popularity this whole time. Um, funny anecdote in 1939, there were actually racers like from Germany that were brandishing swastikas on the track. Uh, and that was prior to the race closing down in 1940, because again, no big deal, World War II. Um, and then they fired it back up in, uh, I believe it was 46 <clears throat> after the war. And then in 49, it got popular enough that they actually integrated it into the MotoGP series. So this so MotoGP, for those of you that don't know, it's Formula One of motorcycles. The budgets, the speeds, the stakes, the athleticism, like it, it is the absolute top tier of motorcycle racing. And in 1949, this was one, this was considered the uh, the UK Grand Prix in the MotoGP series. Which Jesus. is psychotic to me. I, I just think that's, that's absolutely insane. We'll get it, it's not anymore, and we'll get to so why. So this is the but, Silverstone uh, <clears throat> of MotoGP for a time, yeah, more or less. Wow, it's like it's <laughs> like you know the only thing I could think so of that would be the only thing I could think of that would be like a parallel to it is if they made like the Paris to Dakar a part of the WRC championship, or if they made the Nordschleife part of F1. Yeah, which... You know what I mean? Like, which is psycho, just to think about. Like, no, they will never, They'll never bring the, the full green hell back for reasons <laughs> louder, et cetera. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just thinking here, uh, racing against the time on the Isle of Man is one thing, but, like, racing a race against other people on that Dude. sort of course that Dude. what and fish <laughs> trucks and fish trucks lenny well, well at, this, but, at this point there it's already closed course so like you're we're behind that but like yeah. just racing other people on that sort of course like how many laps are they is it more than one lap six. Why? It is it is six no we'll laps. get to that i'll get to that okay, yeah sorry yeah. 
It is. It's more than one lap. Um, Which is even more nuts. Jeez. Yeah. So it's it's part of the it's it's a part of the MotoGP thing. Um, I guess it's kind of similar to how uh, the Indianapolis 500 was part of F1 because like it was the Isle of Man TT still right, but like also MotoGP was racing there. Just like the Indianapolis 500 was the Indianapolis 500, and oh by the way, F1 was racing there. So it's like two events in one. Um, so there's there's a number of people that are considered Isle of Man royalty, and they're it's it's funny because it's like a you know it's a different it's a different population of people from MotoGP. You know what I mean, it's just a different uh, subset. So one of the gr- one of the all time greats, one of the first people to be considered one of the greats of the Isle of Man was a guy by the name of Mike Halewood in 1961. Won three races in one fortnight, uh, which was a record that would stand for a while. I think now somebody's up to five, which is as many as you can win. Uh, but at the time, he he was the uh, most winningest guy in a single TT, uh, and he was racing for a at the time new up and coming factory that was causing a lot of buzz by the name of Honda. Yeah, that Honda. Um. I want to make a note here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he was racing on a uh, he was racing on a two cylinder. I think it was a either one twenty five or a or no wait he raced in three different classes one twenty five the two fifty and the three hundred I think it was one twenty five two fifty and five hundred cc classes but. Honda's race bikes, they were kind of just getting started, and it kind of culminated in 1966. This is not related to the Isle of Man, but it came out with the RC-166, which many people consider the greatest Grand Prix racing motorcycle of all time. Honda. And I just want to talk about this bike because it's Please do. nuts. So this, the RC-166 was an inline-six motorcycle. It was 297 cc's, just under 300 cc's, made 66 horsepower. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but if you do power per Wait. cc, uh, it makes about as much as a modern MotoGP bike. God. And, and it revved, it revved to 19,000 RPM. God, I love you, Honda, and your high revs. Yes. Wow. <laughs> You guys, you can get, and it's dope, because it's an inline six. So what they did is they had exhaust on both sides of the car, and each cylinder had its own pipe. So there's this sweet, like, curved scallop triple Ooh, organ pipe yeah. on each side of the bike. It looks ridiculous. John, why don't you own one of these yet? Because they're, like, a trillion dollars. There's replicas. And I think there's two. There's replicas. I mean, I could build, I could build a replica, I guess. There you go. If, if I built a replica, I would do like a V4 two-stroke MotoGP replica. Anyway, okay. Um, it, look up a video on YouTube of the RC166. It is. It sounds like I, I can't. It sounds like a rabid Wolverine, like the animal. Oh, man, okay, John, John, find this video and post it to Discord, please. And thank you. Okay, I, I will. I will. I'll do that. Okay. Like. They should they're they're like blipping the throttle in neutral and it shows the rev counter uh, and I'm talking it goes it goes from from eleven to seventeen thousand RPM in the blink of an eye. You're just saying all the things. <laughs> you're just saying all the things I love about Honda. This is why I'm a Honda boy. 
Like, <laughs> why not rev the shit out of my engine until in oblivion? And Honda is like, like this is what helped launch Honda into like the stratosphere in cars. They started here at the TT. This is also why I know what the TT is it's because Honda started here. This is what they came out of nowhere and just was like, "What's up, UK brands? We're about to beat your ass," and it's great. I love it. Side note. Side note. If somebody made like a four, five, or six-cylinder motorcycle that revved to 20,000 RPMs, and it was small, but like because the RPMs made like 100 horsepower, I would buy that shit. <laughs> don't know why we don't have any like small, absurd RPM, like not super fast, like middle-tier bikes. I don't and That's me complaining about motorcycles, but... Here it is. It's rad. Back to the TT. So, really significant event. In 1972 racer he was a MotoGP racer by the name of Gil Roberto Parlotti and he died in 1972 at the TT as people often do um he was a good friend of a guy by the name of Giacomo Agostini those of y'all that don't know motorcycle racing Giacomo Agostini was the most winningest and famous and important he was the goat until Valentino Rossi came along Rossi is somebody that people that don't even know motorcycles know because he was, he had the most uh, MotoGP wins of any motorcycle racer in history until Valentino Rossi broke his record. So Valentino Rossi is essentially the Lulu Hamilton of MotoGP. And mm, Ryan's Mike, flipping me a, off right now. Mike Schumacher, yeah. Michael true. Schumacher. Michael well, Schumacher. Well, no, because no. Michael Schumacher doesn't have a record in terms of wins in any uh, sense. Of the not anymore, fucking Lulu. So what I'm but what I'm saying is if if uh, if Valentino Rossi is Hamilton then Giacomo Agostini is like somebody like Senna. Yeah, Senna post. All right, fine. Yeah. I'll so anyway, him. anyway, there were some really famous battles between Giacomo Agostini and guys like Mike Halewood um, at the TT. But after Gilberto Parlotti died, Agostini, who is the premier MotoGP racer vows to never race there again so in 1973 when the isle of man tt came up on the moto gp circuit he just sat it out he said this is too dangerous i'm not going to do it and a bunch of racers as the years went on followed his lead and that became such a endemic thing that by 1977 they removed the isle of man tt from the moto gp lineup that event is what I think led to Isle of Man GT like existing to the present day and the way that it has. Because MotoGP, it's similar to an F1 atmosphere, the budgets and the regulations and the you know, blah, blah, blah. But once MotoGP left the Isle of Man, it continued as an amateur event. That's why it's so weird and it's so wild west to this day because there's no money in it and it's a hundred percent amateur thing. Yes. Yeah, super grassroots. So, still, um, yeah, love it. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, in addition to Mike Halewood, who was one of the initial legends of the TT, he had 14 wins overall across his career. 1976, the Dunlop family entered, competing in the TT and the Dunlop family are not related to the tire company, by the way, it's just a very common Irish name. 
Um, but the Dunlop family is the most dominant. They're like a dynasty in the Isle of Man TT. They are TT royalty. Um, across the years, they've had Joey, who's the most legendary among them, Mike, Robert, and William, all race in the Isle of Man TT. Funny story, Joey, Robert, and William have all died in motorcycle racing. Not on the TT, strangely enough. Um, so Joey debuted in 1976, and that was the first time a Dunlop family member participated. He won it in 77. Uh, he won it again in 1980. And just of note, Honda promised him bikes for life if he won the event. <laughs> so I guess he got bikes for the rest of his life from Honda. Um, 85, Joey got three wins in a weekend, tying Halewood. And he eventually retired in the year 2000. With 26 Isle of Man TT wins, which is the most anyone in history has achieved. Can, can I just... What, that's an incredible, incredible. Can I just... I, I hear 26 wins, and I, I see the videos of the speed these bikes do. But uh, then I just, I, I think, and John, I think you could relate here. Uh, it, you're just playing chicken with the devil and death at this point like 26 wins is insane and then just to do it that many is wow but you, I you have, know yeah i i have no delusions of ever competing in the isle of man i would just be stoked to run the course at something resembling a brisk pace you know like uh to i mean Joey went, he went from 76 to 2000. So he ran it for 24 years at 26 wins. The reason that he did that, here's the other thing that's crazy, is he got more wins than he did years competing because he ran multiple classes. You know what I mean, in a single fortnight, he would run in three or four different classes. So he was winning, not just on the big bikes, but on the small bikes too. It's it just, it, it's, that's, that's like... That's the equivalent. Like, imagine if a Formula One champ also raced Formula Two that same weekend and won. Right. No, no, no. Formula E. Or E, for that matter. Formula but E. But, like... Don't... Okay. I, I would say it'd be like an F1 guy going and doing the same... Like, Spa doing it in an F1 car and a Formula <laughs> E car and a WRC car. No, because there's the, so there's there's multiple classes that run Isle of Man. Well, it's just, it's a different CCs and like power of the motorcycles, but like it's the mastery. Yeah, dude, but it, it it's it's it the requires the different. It requires different skill on each. Yeah, I understand. Bike. We'll get into that, but it's it's, um, it's different levels of the same circuit and mastering it for sure. Yeah, but it's it's. I mean, all I'm saying though is just imagine a guy winning the Formula Two and the Formula One championship at a track in one weekend. Yeah, that's crazy, ridiculous, it's insanity. Stop saying Formula Two. Formula E and Formula One would be more appropriate. I thought Formula E was the electric. It is, but Formula Two is an entire. Well, I guess if you're doing CC base, okay, no, Formula fine. Two is the other is uh, the subclass. Yeah, all right, I'll allow it. He's. I get it. It is. I'll allow it. John is being on point here. Just include both because he was running three classes. So he was running Formula E, Formula Two, and Formula One. There you go. Okay. Go. Yeah. Or the W three. The point is, he was was dancing. He was dancing a devil's dance with the devil and winning. That man knew (laughs) this circuit. He knew this circuit. That's the thing. 
But yeah, I mean, that's obviously key. Speaking, but... like his his death his death statistic is through the roof. No, it's, it's no. like what you say, like in a in a helicopter, right? Or, right or what I'm talking plane. about. <sighs> the point the I'm trying to you make: have, the higher statistic is it is that you're going to have yeah, a, but like the an more, incident or the a crash. more hours you ride the same exact circuit over and over again, you've got it dialed in, dude. You're dialed that's not in. the point I'm making. That's not the point I'm making, dude. I'm talking about a guy winning multiple race classes in a weekend. Like, I agree. Nobody, but, nobody does that at the highest level of motorsports. No, they run and the class I would, and I done. would say it's the arduous nature of it, the physical demand, and the fact that motorsports is athleticism, and this guy is doing a Tour de France level sort of athleticism over a month crunched into two weeks essentially on multiple classes i get that right it's the athleticism of it yep. it's the it is the if you if you are familiar with tour de france and what that rigor puts on your body this guy basically doesn't have a break between any of the classes right that's nuts i'll, I'll tell I you this totally guys. get it I'll tell you this, guys talking about motorsports athleticism y'all know me i'm in the camp that motorsports are sports yes but motorsports as are a sports. car as a car and a motorcycle guy, I will tell you that tracking a motorcycle is a different, it's a whole other level, even compared to a car. I would agree. Because I'm a reasonably athletic dude. Uh, I'm not like a super duper PT stud, but I can go run five miles right now and it's not a big deal. I do it on the reg. I can, you know, I can deadlift more than twice my body weight. Like I said, I'm not a super PT stud, but I'm in pretty damn good shape. After a hard track session on a motorcycle i have hopped off the bike and literally collapsed i have a question carts or motorcycles um the nervous system toll is similar but the physical toll is more on bikes okay so it's similar to mountain biking then okay yeah i mean you're you're back Yes. Eyes, oh, hips, legs. What is, what is blinking? Why are, you, why are you playing to his game? What is blinking? Why are you, why are you giving blinking? him this connection? No, it's when not. It, no, it, he's looking for it. He's no, fishing. Dude, I'm not fishing. I'm just, look, I understand <laughs> motorcycle and MTB is entirely different, but the nervous system, the non-blinking, the like hyper-focus, the hyper-focus is there, dude. I believe that. No, I'll give it's you that. There. I will 100% give you that. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Um, Motorcycle racing is more physically demanding to me than I'd hard it. snowboarding. Hard snowboarding. I'd I can tell it. you that for I would sure. Be, I would 100% believe it because, again, because, like, that's where, like, the, the difference is the speed you're doing on a motorbike, right? These guys are averaging 140 miles per hour. Yep. And the weight of these motorcycles, right? I – that's insanity. That's the physical demand required of you to just – get this thing uh, around this course and then for how understand long, the enduro yeah, nature of it too understand like fast asphalt motorcycle racing in a corner you are dragging your knee on the ground literally dragging your knee your knee is touching the asphalt there's you have plastic puck sliders attached to your knee to scrape them on the asphalt that's why motorcycle racers refer to themselves as knee draggers they so like you move your entire body and you hang off the side of the bike and you're holding on with your hip is clenched to the gas tank and so you're you're actually supporting all of your weight on a vehicle going over 100 miles per hour leaned over scraping the ground like it, the the physical toll for motorcycle racing is is unreal um 
but we're going to finish. We're going to finish this. We're going to finish this. We're going to do it. Uh, another guy I just want to mention, Isle of Man royalty, by a guy by the name of John McGinnis. He was the first dude to break the 130-mile-per-hour average speed barrier in 2007. So that's, you know, if you want to run a fast course on the Isle of Man, that's the 130-mile-per-hour era was set by him in 07. He has 23 total wins to his name. I think he's close to retirement. Uh, they thought he might have contended with Joey Dunlop's record, but then COVID happened, and I don't think he's going to get it. Um, and then another guy I just want to mention that we talked about a little while ago is this dude by the name of Guy Martin. Guy Martin. I love the guy. Guy Martin is the definition of a regular-ass dude. He's a guy that works some odd jobs. He was a truck mechanic. He was like, yo, motorcycle racing's rad. Got his own bike, took himself to the Isle of Man, raced his own stuff. He's never won. He's got 17 podiums over the years. But he's he doesn't such an No, he doesn't. He's such an eccentric dude, and he builds stuff for fun. And, like, literally one day, a TV producer just was like, who is this weirdo yep. racing his bike here? And they gave him a TV deal, and now he's a total celebrity He's, in the UK. He's on par with Top Gear in motorcycle realms, if you ask well, me. So, funny story, oh, he got offered, you know, he got offered to be a host yes. for the new Top Gear series, and he turned it down. As you should. Uh, so, he's actually on the spectrum. He's he's autistic. I'm not saying that being yeah. funny. He is. Um, and he just, like, doesn't want to be a celebrity. He, he yeah, he it. doesn't. He do, he, um, he's just a guy. And why? He's just a guy just working guy. on trucks and building just shit. Just a guy who likes to go fast. Yeah. It's kind of like you, Lenny, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of like that. I, it's really I, funny. I would really argue, though, that like I need to focus on two wheels because I think Lenny might be able to beat me on the carts. I still have confidence I can beat him on the cart, but I think two wheels for sure I'm definitely beating Lenny. Okay, so so let's say just in a hypothetical, hypothetical situation here, uh, the three of us are on the Isle of Man. We okay. get to pick whatever sort of vehicle or wow, on wheels work. that no. we want. Okay. What are we picking? That doesn't work. Okay, uh, Ryan, this, you go first. This, what are you picking? Okay, this is your game. This is the game for the night, folks. This is the game. Instead, instead of a race scrap daily, I decided to modify it to the Isle of Man, where we're just racing the bitch. <laughs> okay okay all right wait do we want to do we so, want to finish talking about the isle of man or want to jump I, into this i, right I would argue we do a part two i would argue oh, yeah I no would... we're almost done we're almost done we're almost done okay let's finish it yeah almost done. all right so look sorry i jumped again a little bit you talked guy, about guy martin we've alluded to this a lot this is the most dangerous motorsports in the world there is no debate of that um it gets a lot of controversy every year because of it in the 2022 race had five fatalities this year. That's crazy. That would not be tolerated in any other motorsports event, period. 265 um, competitors have died. In, 265 in, to date. And it's the worst. Yeah, it's the crazy. Worst, the worst single it's year was 1970. And it's not Worst canceled. single year was 1970. Uh, which makes 2022 tied for the second worst year. Yikes. Um, it's because it took two years since, off. And it takes three years to win the circuit. These guys were Since disgusting. 1980, only two years have gone without a fatality. Wild. Um, it's, Wild. it's dangerous, one, because of the speeds, but two, because it's a public course. Like on a racetrack, you have runoff. You have barriers that you know, are designed to hit. It's very WRC, um, dude. 
It's very difficult yeah. to see. In the Isle of Man, if you crash, you hit a wall yeah, at 130 miles per hour. You're done. Uh, it gets a lot of controversy. There's a lot of back and forth. Like the island wants it to continue because of the economic. Of course, $25 million. I mean, it's it's in pounds, so it's over 30, actually, yeah. in terms of U.S. dollars. Yeah, 30 um, USD million a year. Why not? Would you you really got to be massive. off your rocker. That's like, that's like Jamaica turning off reggae and weed, dude. Like, no, nah, ain't going to happen. I'm saying, uh, you know, obviously the fans want it to continue because like, Legacy. you know, it's one of the most pure, it's one of the most exactly. pure motorsports around, uh, you know, a lot of people that are adjacent to it are just onlookers. You just see it, you know, it only comes up in your news feed well, if somebody dies. Man, and, and like, seriously, the, the way these onlookers sit, it still reminds me of like group B era WRC shit where they're like, oh, so yeah, close to the road. that like, if they stuck their nose out another inch, they'd be just done you know what I mean? you get a get you get right up to the track this they whiz right by be era type of stuff i love it to all, the, so, to all the haters i i gotta say to all the haters that say it should it should be canceled or it's too dangerous i think we need extreme sports and this fringe sort of on the edge zero lift kind of stuff just to keep those uh how can i say the adrenaline the adrenaline junkies at bay or else they'll just well, look, uh, be doing wild, more wild shit. I agree with you because too. What's what's the point? I mean, like, here's the deal. This is a legacy uh, a- event that's been around forever, and these are amateurs that choose to do this, right? It exactly. Is, it is choosing to sign up for a possibility of death, right? It is. No one is forced to exactly. do it. It's not it a is, part of a, a motorsports series. It's right. it's not tied to a professional. It's amateur. You know what I mean. Yeah, your salary doesn't depend on it. No, it's, it's free. One hundred percent. It's 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 Alex, it's it's like Alex doing free solo stuff and doing El Capitan, right? It is these guys out here choosing to do this event. There is no reason to cancel it because it is completely a one hundred percent choice. Free will is given to us. Let's rock and roll. Let's keep it zero lift. Delaney, let's get into your game. I want you yeah. to start. So- I want you to start. Me? Yeah, you. Porsche GT one race car. Oh, jeez. Wait, oh wait. So we're doing we're doing cars. That Are we, we doing cars then? No, I, I, I no. It can, I said anything with wheels. Yeah, anything with wheels. Like what, because not, Ryan what, over here is Mr. Mountain Bike. So like, if he wants to, if no, he wants to do a pedal bike, no, that's, that's, that's not, his. That's his uh, prerogative, you know. That's okay. So we, hold on. Porsche GT1 race car. Okay. Hold on. What's the what's the what's the parameters? What's the rules? Like, you're not giving us you're not giving us tra- cars to choose from. Yeah, so what's like, the rules? No, it's an anything goes zero lift like all man style ah, zero lift anything you want okay. anything goes. Let's keep it. John. Does I'll it have tell to be, you why it's the GT one? John, he's have to be a car. Can it be a prototype? It could be a prototype. It could be anything. Oh, so we anything can do with cars wheels. That you can't anything buy. with wheels. It could we be. It could be Brian's buy. Jag. It's you know, a Jag. Yeah. Let's go. It could be anything. It's as anything goes because Isle of Man is anything goes. So let's go. John, he picked a car. Can we gentlemen rule this as a car instead of motorcycles? No, pick whatever you want. Whatever pick whatever you want. Matter. Fuck it. Pick I just, whatever you want. Okay, I, I want some gentleman rules here. Apparently, Lenny doesn't care about gentleman rules. You don't it, need no, we don't. Yeah, there's no rules. It's it's an Isle of Man. No rules. No holds barred. The GT1. There are rules. Because not oh, even. It, I am. Pick you the know, damn car. God, a car. The you GT1, car, because so not only because it, it's not a top speed car, but it's just so agile. The only thing I think it would have a problem with is the right hand flin- the finish flick at the end of the lap. Uh, but that's, you know, that's only just an e-brake turn away. That's only because the STI and not because the motorcycles don't have to do that flick, by the way. 
that was just right. But I'll be doing in a, in a Porsche GT1 race car. I think it'll be a little bit more different given the wide, the <sighs> wheelbase than the tightness of the turn. But you know, I'm Mr. Zero Lift. I think I'll be able to handle it just as well. What's your car? Uh, why are we putting me on the spot? Is that is that how this goes now? I mean, you you can take a breather and I can tell you mine. Yeah, go ahead, Don. What what are you going? All right, you go motorcycle. If I did it. I'd have to do a motorcycle because it is the Isle of Man. It's a bike race, and if you're, I'm gonna say this: if it was a normal bike that I could like actually go out and buy and have, it would be an Aprilia RSV4 because. That, in my opinion, is like the penultimate fast race bike. It's a, it's a, it's powerful. It's controllable. The electronics package is second to none. Um, it's just the most well balanced super bike on the market. Uh, it's an incredible bike. It is a criminally low priced bike for what you get out of it. Um, so Aprilia RSV4 would be my choice for a real bike. Now, if you're talking dream stuff, yeah, yeah. Honda Honda RC211V. Yes, he, he said Honda. That's all, I'm winning. Which that was con, that is one of the most legendary MotoGP bikes of all time. It came about close to the switch from the 500 two strokes to the 1000 cc four strokes. It is. A thousand cc V five, it's a V five engine, and hmm. those bikes made absurd amounts of horsepower. It was something on the order of like two forty, two fifty horsepower out of a thousand cc bike. Um, for me, like so, after the RC two eleven, they cut the displacement of the bikes down to eight hundred cc's. So Honda just cut a cylinder off and made a normal V four. The V5 is such a weird... Nobody else has ever made a V5 engine. It's not a thing. Um, it's such a strange, bizarre, legendary motorcycle that, like, that, that's probably the ultimate two-wheel experience. And then to do that, that bike on the ultimate two-wheel track, like, yeah, that's that, that's where it's at for me. All right. I'm going to stick something very zero lift based on the meta that John played a little bit ago where he said yes to every single question. And uh, <laughs> you see, Lenny, you're going to drop a car on me, but that's a weak-ass car on this circuit because I'm going to bring out the Fiesta WRC by Ford M Sport, which is a phenomenal car piloted by the great winner of WRC forever, Sebastian Ogier. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take that hatchback of a beast around this. Because we watched STI, and that video will be on our Discord. But uh, for me, I think that the um, Ford Fiesta, Ford WRC style is uh, what I want to take around this circuit. Cool. Because, I mean, full tilt, watching that, it to me is very WRC. And I want to take one of the best and winningest cars around this circuit that's what it, it is does me. yeah no I, it does resemble like a, a wrc tarmac course like a, a riba della spain or something like that exactly. very much spain yes very tarmac yeah. yes very much so yeah. um and i thought about doing maybe like a lance uh or uh something of that nature or like even hyundai's i20 coupe would be solid as well but uh for me 
I've really fallen in love with these uh, RSs. Um, I, just, I, I, I kind of put them after my Civics, especially the new Civic that just dropped. I We'll talk about that in a later episode, the new Type R that just came out. It's uh, trash. I'm gonna, get, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna I'm, cut, gonna I'm gonna cut the episode right now. You. It's trash, and there it is. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, you know what's great, folks? Lenny has zero control. Thanks for joining. Yeah. We'll, we'll catch you on the next one. This has so, been zero. Uh, get it said. For me, uh, for me, the Ford M Sport is definitely gonna want that Porsche. No problem, John. I love that you called out Honda and the motorcycles. Um, I, I knew you'd like that. I wish I had more to say on the two wheels with the motorcycles. Um, but yeah. That's been another episode of Zero Lift. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we release episodes every Wednesday. You can follow and like us. We pretty much drop Spotify and Apple podcasts is where most people find us. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Zero Lift Podcast. And the links for our Discord are there. Please join us. Tell us how wrong Lenny is about trashing me uh, for the new Honda Civic or how insane I'm trashing you. Is. I'm trashing Honda because it's trash. <sighs> This guy gets butter yeah. when I interrupt his end cap. And then anyways, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to do it once. Look, follow us for this sort of nonsense. You've been here before. If not, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Lenny. Appreciate you. Later. John, thanks for the soapbox. Yeah. I hope y'all, uh, hope y'all liked having me back. Yeah. We're glad to have you back and folks keep it pinned. This is your lift. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>